Hello, welcome to the Rockstar Podcast. I'm your host Aditya. Today we are going to have a reading session. I am going to read some of my favorite pages from a bestseller titled Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Enjoy. The Sunny Side of Death. I stepped from rock to rock, climbing steadily, leg muscles stretching and aching. In the trance-like state that comes from slow repetitive physical exertion, I am nearing the top. The sky gets wide and deep. I am alone now. My friends are far below me, taking pictures of the ocean. Finally, I climb over a small boulder and the view opens up. I can see from here to the infinite horizon. It feels as though I am staring at the edge of the earth where water meets sky, blue on blue. The wind screams across my skin. I look up. It's bright, it's beautiful. I am at South Africa's Cape of Good Hope. Once thought to be the southern tip of Africa and the southernmost point in the world. It is a place full of storms and treacherous waters. A place that's seen centuries of trade and commerce and human endeavor. A place ironically of lost hopes. There is a saying in Portuguese meaning He is rounding the cape of good hope. It means that a person's life is in its final phase, that he is incapable of accomplishing anything more. I step across the rocks toward the blue, allowing its vastness engulf my field of vision. I am sweating yet cold, excited yet nervous. Is this it? The wind is slapping my ears. I hear nothing, but I see the edge. where the rock meets oblivion i stop and stand for a moment several yards away i can see the ocean below lapping and frothing against cliffs stretching out for miles to either side the tides are furious against the impenetrable walls straight ahead is a sheer drop of at least 50 yards to the water below to my right tourists are dotted across the landscape below snapping photos and aggregating themselves into ant-like formations to my left is asia in front of me is the sky and behind me is everything that i have ever hoped for unbrought with me what if this is it what if this is all there is i look around i'm alone i take my first step toward the edge of a cliff human body seems to come equipped with a natural radar for death inducing situations for example the moment you get within about 10 feet of a cliff edge minus guardrail a certain tension digs into your body your back stiffens your skin ripples your eyes become hyper focused on every detail of your environment your feet feel as though they are made of rock it's as if There was a big invisible magnet gently pulling your body back to safety. But I fight the magnet. I drag the feet made of rock closer to the edge. At 5 feet away, your mind joins the party. You can now see not only the edge of a cliff, but down the cliff face itself, which induces all sorts of unwanted visualizations of tripping and falling and tumbling to a splashy death. It's really fucking far. Your mind reminds you. Like really fucking far. Dude, what are you doing? Stop moving. Stop it. 
I tell my mind to shut up and keep inching forward. At three feet, your body goes into a full-scale red alert. You are now within the errant shoelace strip of your life ending. It feels as though a hefty gust of wind could send you sailing into the blue bisector eternity. Your legs shake, as do your hands, as do your voice, in case you need to remind yourself you are not about to plummet to your death. The three-foot distance is most people's absolute limit. It's just close enough to lean forward and catch a glimpse of bottom, but still far enough to feel as though you are not at any real risk of killing yourself. The standing that close to the edge of a cliff, even one as beautiful and mesmerizing as the Cape of Good Hope, induces a steady sense of vertigo and threatens to regurgitate any recent meal. Is this it? Is this all there is? Do I already know everything I will ever know? I take every micro step. I take another micro step, then another, then another. Two feet now. My forward leg vibrates as I put the weight of my body on it. I shuffle on against the magnet, against my mind against all my better instinct for survival. One foot now. I am now looking straight down the cliff face. I feel a sudden urge to cry. My body instinctively crouches, protecting itself against something imagined and inexplicable. The wind comes in hailstorms. The thoughts come to it. The thoughts come in right hooks. At one foot, at one foot, you feel like you're floating. Anything but looking straight down feels as though you are part of a sky itself. You actually kind of expect to fall at this point. I crouch here for a moment, catching my breath, collecting my thoughts. I force myself to stay down at the water hitting the rocks below me. Then I look again to my right at the little ants milling about the signage below me, snapping photos, snapping photos, chasing tour buses on the off chance that somebody somehow sees me. This desire for attention is wholly irrational. It's impossible to make me out up here, of course. And even if it weren't, there is nothing that those distant people could say or do. All I hear is the wind. Is this it? My body shudders, the fear of, the fear of becoming euphoric and blinding. I focus my mind and clear my thoughts in a kind of meditation. Nothing makes you present and mindful like being mere inches away from your own death. I straighten up and look out again and find myself smiling. I remind myself that it's alright to die. This willing and even exuberant interfacing with one's own mortality has ancient roots. The stoics of ancient Greece and Rome implored people to keep death in mind at all times in order to appreciate life more and remain humble in the face of its adversities. In various forms of Buddhism, the practice of meditation is often taught as a means of preparation, taught as a means of preparing oneself for death while still remaining alive. Dissolving one's ego into an expanse of nothingness, achieving the enlightened state of nirvana is seen as a trial run for letting oneself cross to the other side. Even Mark Twain said, 
The fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Back on the cliff, I bend down, slightly leaning back. I put my hands on the ground behind me and gently lower myself onto my butt. I then gradually slide one leg over the other edge of the cliff. There is a small rock jutting out of the cliff side. I rest my foot on it. Then I slide my other foot off the edge and put it on a small rock. I sit there a moment, leaning back on my palms, when rappling my hair. The anxiety is bearable now, as long as I stay focused on the horizon. Then I sit up straight and look down the cliff again. Fear shoots back up through my spine, electrifying my limbs and laser focusing my mind on the exact coordinates of every inch of my body. The fear is stifling at times. But each time it stifles me, I empty my thoughts, focus my attention on the bottom of the cliff below me, force myself to gaze at the potential doom and then simply to acknowledge its existence. I was now sitting on the edge of the world, at the southernmost tip of hope, the gateway to the east. The feeling was exhilarating. I can feel the adrenaline pumping through my body. Being so still, so conscious, never felt so thrilling. I listen to the wind and watch the ocean and look out upon the ends of the earth and then I laugh with the light, all that it touches being good. Confronting the reality of our own mortality is important because it obliterates all the crappy, fragile, superficial values in life. While most people whittle their days chasing another buck or a little bit more fame or attention or a little bit more assurance that they are loved, death confronts all of us with a far more painful and important question. What is your legacy? Thank you for listening to the Talks Joe podcast. Please share and subscribe. We are available on all major platforms. See you in the next episode. Until then, stay safe. Aditya says bye.